Hello and welcome to All Things Plantagenet. My name is Donnie Hazel and I am your host. To all my original listeners, welcome back. To all my new listeners, welcome. If you enjoy the podcast and wish to support this show, you can help support it by clicking on the support link in the description of any episode. I have also created a website, www.allthingsplantagenet.com where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the episodes for this podcast. There is also a link on the website to the Facebook page for All Things Plantagenet. Okay, so now on to the show. sad, makest me sin in envy that my lord Northumberland should be the father to so blessed a son. Must I see riot and dishonor stain the brow of my young Harry? He doesn't dislike one of these ordinary players that never writes me. <laughs> there is a virtuous man whom I've often noted in thy company, but I know not his name. Prisoners. Send me your prisoners by the speediest means, or you shall hear in such a kind for us as will displease you. I speak not this in estimation of what I think might be, but what I know is ruminated, plotted, and set down. Oh, I cannot choose to be a noble plot. In the power of Scotland and of York to join with Mortimer. I have a truant being to chivalry, yet this, before my father's majesty, I will try fortune with him in a single fight. Think not, Percy, to share with me in glory anymore! Percy, I killed myself, and saw thee dead. Lord, Lord, how this world is given to lying. said, sir, the water itself was a good, healthy water, but for the party that owned it, he might have more diseases than he knew for. Men of all sorts take a pride to gird at me. The brain of this foolish, compounded clay man is not able to invent anything that tends to laughter more than I invent or is invented on me. I'm not only witty in myself, but the cause that wit is in other men. Uh, 
Mandrake. How it fitted to be worn in my cap than to wait at my heels. Where's Bardolf? He's gone into Smithfield to buy your worship a horse. And I can get me but a wife in the stews. I were manned, horsed, and wived. News from Shrewsbury. Good and God will. As good as heart can wish. The king is almost wounded to the death, and in the fortune of my lord your son, Prince Harry, slain outright. How is this derived? Saw you the field? Came you from Shrewsbury? I spake with one, my lord, that came from thence. Here comes more news. Yea, this man's brow, like to a title leaf, foretells the nature of the tragic volume. Say Hastings, did stuff come from Shrewsbury? I ran from Shrewsbury, my noble lord, where hateful death put on his ugliest mask to fright our party. How doth my son and brother? <sighs> Thou tremblest, and the whiteness in thy cheek is up to the night tongue to tell thy errand. Douglas is living, and your brother yet. But for my lord, your son. Why, he is dead. See what a ready tongue suspicion hath. You are too great to be by me gainsaid. Your spirit is too true, your fears too certain. Yet for all this, say not that Percy's dead. But I see a strange confession in thine eye. Thou shakes thy head, and holdst it fear or sin to speak a truth. I cannot think, my lord, your son is dead. I am sorry that I should force you to believe that which I would to God I had not seen. But these mine eyes saw him in bloody state. His death, whose spirit lent a fire even to the dullest peasant in his camp, being brooted once took fire and heat away from the best-tempered courage in his troops. So did our men, heavy in Hotspur's loss, fly from the field. The sum of all is that the king hath won and hath sent out a speedy power to encounter you, my lord. For this I shall have time enough to mourn. Let heaven kiss earth! No, let not nature's hand keep the wild flood confined! Let order die! And darkness be the barrier of the dead! Sweet Earl, divorce not wisdom from your honor. The lives of all your loving complices lean on your health, the which, if you give o'er to stormy passion, must perforce decay. We all that are engaged to this loss knew that we ventured on such dangerous seas that if we wrought, our life twas ten to one. I hear for certain, and I speak the truth. The gentle Archbishop of York is up with well-appointed powers. I knew of this before. But to speak truth, this present grief had wiped it from my mind.
John's full stop. Here comes that nobleman that committed the prince to prison. Boy, tell him I'm deaf. Sir John. You must speak louder. My master is deaf. Sir John. The young knave and begging. Is there not wars? Is there not employment? Do not the rebels need soldiers? You mistake me, sir. Why, sir, did I say you were an honest man? Set you my knighthood and my soldiership aside, I'd lie to my throat if I'd said so. I pray you, sir, then set your knighthood and our soldiership aside and give me leave to tell you. You lie in your throat if you say I am any other than an honest man. I give thee leave to tell me so, Henshaw. So the Lord Chief Justice would speak with you. My good Lord. God give your Lordship a good time of day. I'm glad to see your Lordship abroad. I heard say your Lordship was sick. Your Lordship, though not clean past your youth, hath yet some smack of age in you, some relish of the saltness of time. And I must humbly beseech your Lordship to have a reverent care of your health. Sir John, I sent for you before your expedition to Shrewsbury. And it please your Lordship, I hear His Majesty has returned with some discomfort. I talk not of His Majesty. You would not come when I sent for you. And I hear, moreover, His Highness has fallen into this same horse an apoplexy. Well, God mend him. I pray you, let me speak with you. This apoplexy is, as I take it, a kind of lethargy, to please your lordship, a kind of sleeping in the blood, a horse and tingling. What tell you me of it, be it as it is? It had its original from much grief, from study and perturbation of the brain. I've read the cause of his effects, a kind of deafness. I think you have fallen into the disease, for you hear not what I say to you. Very well. My lord, very well. Rather, any please you, it is the disease of not listening, the malady of not marking that I am troubled with all. I sent for you when were matters against you for your life to come speak with me. As I was then advised by my learned counsel in the laws of soldiery, I did not come. Well, the truth is, Sir John, you live in great infamy. He that buckles him in my belt cannot live in less. You have misled the youthful prince. Uh, the young prince has misled me. I'm the fellow with a great belly and he my dog. Your day's service at Shrewsbury hath a little gilded over your night's exploit of robbery. You may thank the unquiet time for your quiet or posting that action. My lord. Wake not the sleeping wolf. To wake a wolf is as bad as to smell a fox. You follow the young prince up and down like his ill angel. You that are old consider not the capacities of us that are young. You set your name down in the scroll of youth that are written down old with all the characters of age? My lord, I was born about three of the clock in the afternoon with a white head and something around belly. For my voice, I've lost it with hallowing and singing of anthems. To approve my youth further, I will not. The truth is, I'm only old in judgment and understanding. And he that will caper with me for a thousand marks, let him lend me the money and have it him. Well, God sent the prince a better companion. God sent the companion a better prince. I cannot rid my hands of him. Well, the king hath severed you and Prince Harry. I hear you are going with Lord John of Lancaster against the Archbishop and the Earl of Northumberland. Thank you, pretty sweet bit for it. But look, you pray, all you that kiss my lady peace at home, that our armies join not in a hot day, for by the Lord I take but two shirts out with me, and I mean not to sweat extraordinarily. I cannot last ever. But it was always yet the trick of our English nation, if they have a good thing, to make it too common. If you will need to say I'm an old man, you should give me rest. 
I would to God my name were not so terrible to the enemy as it is. Well, be honest. Be honest and God bless your expedition. Will your lordship lend me a thousand pounds to furnish me forth? Not a penny, not a penny. Boy. Sir? What money's in my purse? Seven groats and two pence. I can get no remedy against this consumption of the purse. Borrowing only lingers and lingers it out, but the disease is incurable. this gout, or a gout of this box, for the one or the other, place the rogue with my great toe. have you heard our calls and know our means and my most noble friends i pray you all speak plainly your opinions of our hopes and first lord marshal what say you to it i will allow the occasion of our arms but gladly would be better satisfied how in our means we should advance ourselves to look with forehead bold and big enough upon the power and puissance of the king our present musters grow upon the file to five and twenty thousand men of choice. And our supplies live largely in the hope of great Northumberland, whose bosom burns with an incensed fire of injuries. The question then, Lord Hastings, standeth thus, whether our present five and twenty thousand may hold up head without Northumberland. With him we may. But if without him we be thought too feeble, my judgment is we should not step too far. Ah. Tis very true, Lord Colerville, for indeed, it was young Hotspur's case at Shrewsbury. It was, my lord. He lined himself with hope, eating the air on promise of supply. But by your leave, it never yet did hurt to lay down likelihoods and forms of hope. When we mean to build, we first survey the plot, then draw the model. And when we see the figure of the house, then must we rate the cost of the erection, which if we find outweighs ability, what do we then but draw anew the model, or at last desist to build at all? Much more. In this great work of ours, which is almost to pluck a kingdom down and set another up. I think we are a body strong enough, even as we are, to equal with the king. What, is the king but five and twenty thousand? To us no more. Nay, not so much, Lord Colerville. For his divisions, as the times do brawl, are in three heads. One power against the French and one against Glendower. Perforce a third must take up us. And his coffers sound with hollow poverty and emptiness. That he should draw his several strengths together and come against us in full puissance need not be dreaded. If he should do so, he leaves his back unarmed. Never fear that. Who is it like should lead his forces hither? <laughs> the Duke of Lancaster and Westmoreland. <laughs> <laughs> Let us away and publish the occasion of our arms. Shall we go draw our numbers and set on? We are time subjects. Time bids be gone. I'm 
Humphrey. Simon Gloucester. Thomas, Simon Clarence. Where's the prince, your brother? I think he's gone to hunt, my lord. Oh. At Windsor. How accompanied? I do not know, my lord. Is not his brother John with him? No, my good lord, he is in presence here. Ah. What would my lord and father? How chance thou art not with the prince, my brother? He loves thee. Thou dost neglect him, John. Thou hast a better place in his affections than all thy brothers. Cherish it, my boy. And noble offices thou mayst effect a mediation after I am dead between his greatness and thy other brethren. Therefore omit him not. Blunt not his love. Lose not the good advantage of his grace by seeming cold or careless of his will. I shall observe him with all care and love. Why art thou not at Windsor with him, John? He is not there today. He dines in London. Oh. And uh, how accompanied canst thou tell that? With Poins and other his continual followers. The foremost subject is the fattest soil to weeds. And he, the noble image of my youth, is overspread with them. Therefore, my grief stretches itself beyond the hour of death. The blood weeps from my heart. When I do shape in forms imaginary the unguided days and rotten times that you shall look upon. When I, <laughs> sleeping with my ancestors. My gracious lord, you look beyond him quite. The prince but studies his companions like a strange tongue wherein to gain the language. The prince will, in the perfectness of time, cast off his followers. And their memory shall as a pattern or measure live by which his grace must meet the lives of others, turning past evils to advantages. Tis seldom when the bee doth leave her comb in the dead carrion. Master Fang, where's your yeoman? Is the lusty yeoman? Wanna stand to it? Hello! Where's there? Oh, Lord, our good master Snail. Here. Here, stand. We must arrest Sir John Falstaff. Well, it may chance cost some of us our lives, for he will stab. He stabbed me in mine own house. If his weapon be out, he will thrust like any devil. <laughs> if I can close with him, I care not for his thrust. Oh, nor I neither. I'll be at your elbow. I know, but fist him once and he come but within my vice. I'm done by his going to the wars. Hello. Oh. Whose mare's dead? What's the matter? Sir John? I arrest you at the suit of Mistress Quickly. Draw, 
matter? Keep the peace here. Oh, my lord. Be good to me. I beseech you stand to me. Oh, now, Sir John. What are you brawling here? Does this become your place, your time, and business? You should have been well on your way to York. Stand from him, fellow. Therefore, hangst upon him. Oh, most worshipful lord, and please your grace, I am a poor widow of East Hume, and he's arrested at my suit. For what sum? It is more than for some, my lord, it is for all. All I have, he hath eaten me out of house and home. How comes this, Sir John? Are you not ashamed to enforce a poor widow to so rough a course to come by her own? What is the gross sum that I owe thee? If thou wert an honest man, thyself and the money too, thou didst swear to me upon a parcel gilt goblet sitting in my dolphin chamber at the round table by a seacoal fire upon Wednesday in recent week when the prince broke thy head for liking his father to a singing man of Windsor. Thou didst swear to me then as I was washing thy wound to marry me and make me my lady thy wife. My lord, this is a poor mad soul, and she says up and down the town that her eldest son is like you. Poverty had distracted her. Sir John, Sir John, I'm well acquainted with your manner of wrenching the true cause, the false way. You have, as it appears to me, practiced upon the easy-yielding spirit of this woman, made her serve your uses both in purse and in person. I oh, in good truth, my lord. Pray thee, peace. Pay her the debt you owe her, and unpay the villainy you have done her. My lord. I will not undergo this sneep without reply. I say to you, I do desire deliverance from these officers being upon hasty employment in the king's affairs. You speak as having power to do wrong, but answering the effect of your reputation and satisfy this poor woman. Oh, come hither. Now. Master Gower, what news? King, my lord, and Harry, Prince of Wales, are near at hand. The rest of the paper tells. As I'm a gentleman. Fine. You said so before. As I am a gentleman. Come, no more words of this. <laughs> Come. Anton, off thy humours. There's not a better wench in England. Go, wash thy face and draw the action. Come. Thou must not be in this humour with me. Doesn't know me. Come, come, I know thou wast set on to this. Pray thee, Sir John, let it be but twenty nobles. Oh. If I, I am loath to bore my plate, so God save me, Lord. Well, let it alone. I'll make up a shift. You'll be a fool still. Hmm? Well, you shall have it. Though I pull my gown. I hope you'll come to supper. You'll pay me all together. Will I live? Come. With her, with her. Hook on, hook on. Will you have Dolteshi? No more words. Let's have her. I have heard better news. What's the news, my lord? Come all his forces back? No, 1,500 foot, 500 horse are marched up with my Lord of Lancaster against Northumberland and the Archbishop. He shall have letters of me presently. My Lord. What's the matter? Master Guy, shall I entreat you with me to dinner? 
I must wait upon my good lord here, I thank you, good Sir John. Sir John, you loiter here too long. Being you are to take soldiers up in counties as you go. Will you sup with me, Master Gar? What foolish master taught you these manners, Sir John? Master Gar, if they become me not, he was a fool that taught them me. Now the Lord lighten thee, thou art a great fool. does not have attached to one of so high blood. Oh, faith, it does me, though it discolours the complexion of my greatness to acknowledge it. Doth it not show vilely in me to desire small beer? Why, a prince should not be so loosely studied as to remember so weak a composition. Oh, but like that my appetite was not princely god, for by my troth I do now remember the poor creature's small beer. Mm. Oh, but indeed, these humble considerations make me out of love with my greatness. What a disgrace is it to me to remember thy name or to know thy face tomorrow? How well it follows. After you have laboured so hard, you should talk so idly. <laughs> Tell me, how many good young princes would do so? Their father's being so sick as yours at this time is. Shall I tell thee one thing, Point? Yes, Faith. Let it be an excellent good thing. It shall serve among wits of no higher breeding than thine. <laughs> Go to. I stand the push of your one thing that you will tell. Mary, I tell thee. It is not meet that I should be sad now my father is sick. Albeit I could tell thee, as, as to one, it, it pleases me for fault of a better to call my friend. I could be sad and sad indeed too. Very hardly upon such a subject. I tell thee, my heart bleeds inwardly that my father is so sick. <laughs> and keeping such vile company as thou art, hath in reason taken from me all ostentation of sorrow. The reason? What wouldst thou think of me if I should weep? I would think thee a most princely hypocrite. It would be every man's thought, and thou art a blessed fellow to think as every man thinks. Every man would think me a hypocrite indeed. <sighs> and what excites your most worshipful thought to think so? Why, because you've been so lewd and so much engrafted to Falstaff. And to thee. By this light, I am well spoke on. I can hear it with mine own ears. And by the mass, here comes Bardo. And the boy that I gave Falstaff. <clears throat> God save your grace. And yours, most noble Bardolf. Come, you virtuous ass, you bashful fool, must you be blushing? He calls me even now, my lord, for a red lace window, and I could discern no part of his face. We thought he'd made two holes in a red petticoat, and so peeped through. Away, you horse and upright rabbit! Away! How doth your master, Bardolf? Uh, uh, well, my lord. He heard of your graces coming to town. There's a letter for you. <laughs> hmm. 
do allow this wen to be as familiar with me as my dog. For look at how he writes. <clears throat> Sir John Falstaff, knight. <laughs> to the son of the king, nearest his father, Harry, Prince of Wales. Greeting. Why, this is a certificate. <laughs> Peace. <gasps> I will imitate. Oh, I will imitate the honourable Romans in brevity. Be not too familiar with points. For he misuses thy favour so much that he swears thou art to marry his sister Nell. Repent at idle times as thou mayest, and so farewell. My lord, I'll steep this letter in sack and make him eat it. Must I marry your sister? God send the wench no worse fortune, but I never said so. Well, thus we play the fools with the time, and the spirits of the wise sit in the clouds and mock us. <laughs> Is your master here in London? Uh, yea, my lord. Where's Supsy? At the old place, my lord. Is cheap. Sup any women with him? None, my lord. But old Mistress Quickly and Mistress Doltairsheet. <laughs> Shall we steal upon them then at supper? I'm your shadow, my lord, I follow you. Sarah, you boy. Bardolf, no word to your master that I am yet come to town. <clears throat> There's for your silence. I have no tongue, sir. And for mine, sir, I'll govern it. Very well. Go. Might we see Falstaff bestow himself tonight in his true colours <laughs> and not ourselves be seen? <laughs> I pray thee, loving wife and gentle daughter, give even way unto my rough affairs. I have given over. I will speak no more. Do what you will. Your wisdom be your guide. Alas, sweet wife, my honour is at pawn, and but my going, nothing can redeem it. Oh, yet for God's sake, go not to these wars. The time was, father, that you broke your word when you were more endeared to it than now. When your own Percy, when my heart's dear Harry, through many a north would look to see his father bring up his powers. Shrew your heart, fair daughter. You do draw my spirits from me with new lamenting ancient oversights. Fly to Scotland, till that the nobles and the armoured commons have of their puissance made a little taste. If they get ground advantage of the king, then join you with them like a rib of steel to make strength stronger. But for all our loves, first let them try themselves. So did your son. He was so suffered. So came I a widow. And never will have length of life enough to rain upon remembrance with mine eyes. I will resolve for Scotland. There am I, till time and vantage crave my company.
Go call the Earls of Westmoreland and Warwick. But ere they come, bid them all read these letters. And well consider of them. Make good speed! How many thousand of my poorest subjects are at this hour asleep? Oh, sleep. Oh, gentle sleep. Nature's soft nurse. I frighted thee, that thou no more wilt tway my eyelids down, and steep my senses in forgetfulness. Why rather sleep, liest thou in smoky cribs? Upon uneasy pallets stretching thee and hushed with buzzing night flies to thy slumber than in the perfumed chambers of the great under the canopies of costly state and lulled with sound of sweetest melody. some beds and leavest a kingly counter a watch case or a common alarm bell. Wilt thou upon the high and giddy mast seal up the ship boy's eyes and rock his brains and cradle of the rude imperious surgeon and the visitation of the winds who take the ruffian billows by the top, curling their monstrous heads and hanging them with deafening clamour in the slippery clouds that with the hurly death itself awakes. Canst thou, O oh, partial sleep? Give thy repose to the wet sea boy in an hour so rude! And in the calmest and most stillest night, with all appliances and means to boot, Deny it to a king. Then, happy low, lie down. Uneasy lies the head that wears a crown. Oh, the room where they sucked is too hot. 
They'll come in straight. Sirrah, he will be the prince of Master Poins anon, and Sir John must not know of it. Bardolf hath brought word. It will be an excellent stratagem. Dispatch. I'll see if I can find out, Sneak. Uh. Oh, if I sweat oh. up, methinks now you're in an excellent good temporality. Your colour I won't use as red as any rosy good truth, no, but you, if I, you have drunk too much canaries, then that is a marvellous searching wine, and it perfumes the blood. Hey, one can say, what's this? How do you know? Better than I was. Well, that's well said. Good art's worth gold. With half the first in court. No, here comes Sir John. Enter the Jordan. And was the worthy king, Harris's oh, doll. Sick of a calm, yeah. Good fight. Oh. That was all a sect, and maybe once the calm, now sick. The mally rascal. It's all the comfort you give me. Oh, you make fat rascals, doll. I made them. Gluttony and diseases make them. I make them not. If the cook helped to make the gluttony, you helped to make the diseases. Doll, we catch of you. Doll, we catch of you. Grant that, my poor virtue. Grant that. Bring yourself your money, oh, oh, this is the old-fashioned. <laughs> you two never meet, but you fall to some discord. You are both, in good truth, as rheumatic as two dry toasts. You cannot one bear with another's confirmities. Oh, come. I'll be friends with thee, Jack. Without going to the wars. And whether I shall ever see thee again or no. There's nobody cares. Ancient pistols below and would speak with you. Thank him. Swaggering rascal. Let not come here for. He's the foul mayor that is rogue in England. If he swagger, let him not come here. No, by my faith, I must live among my neighbours. I'll no swaggerers. So here, hostess. Classify yourself, Sir John. There comes no swaggerers here. Does that my name shouldn't? Sir John, there, tell me, your ancient swaggerer comes not in my day. He's no swaggerer, there's a tame cheater of faith. He may stroke him as gently as a puppy greyhound, call him up, draw. Cheater, call you him? Feel, masters, how I shake. Look you, I warrant you. Oh, so you do, hostess. Do I? Yea, in very truth, do I. And we're an aspirant leaf. I cannot abide swaggerers. No, no. Oh. God save you, Sir John. Welcome, ancient Ooh. pistol. Here, pistol. I charge you with a cup of sack. Do you discharge upon mine hostess? I will discharge upon her, Sir John, with two bullets. <laughs> <laughs> She's pistol-proof, sir. <laughs> I'll drink no proofs nor no bullets. I'll drink no more than it will do me good for no man's pleasure, I. Then to you, Mistress Dorothy, I will charge. Oh, charge, mate! <laughs> I scorn you! Scare the companion, what? You poor base, rascally, cheating, lacklinging mate! Away, you mouldy rogue, away. I am meat for your master. Yeah, I know you. Away, you cut purse, master! You filthy punk, away! I'm this one. I'll thrust my knife in your mouldy chaps and you play the saucy cow with me! God, let me not live, but I'll murder you, rough for this! No more pistol, no, though. I will not have you go off here to start yourself by half of this pistol. Abominable damn cheater! Ain't that not a shame to be called captive? And captains were of my mind. They were trunching you out for taking their names <laughs> upon <laughs> you before you were married. Hucky, hit that mistress doll. You slave? For what? For tearing a poor old rough in a poorly house? Here, captain. Hang him. Oh, 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 o
so be quiet. Tis very lady fight. Down, down, dogs, down, fighters. I beseech you now. Aggravate your collar. Uh, be gone, good ancient yeah. time, men like dogs. Give crowds like pins have we not iron here. Oh, my word, Captain, there's none such here. Do you think I would deny her for God's sake? Be quiet. Then feed and be fat. My fair Calipolis. Uh, come, give us some sack. Si fortune me tormente, sparato me contento. <laughs> Feel we broadside. Give me some sack and, and sweetheart. Lie down there. <laughs> Or can we the full points here in our etc.'s nothing? Still, I would be quiet. Sweet night. I'll kiss thy knife. Mm -hmm. oh, what? <laughs> we have seen the seven stars. Oh, for God's sake, thrust him downstairs. I cannot endure such a fustier rascal. Oh, thrust him downstairs. No, we not. Galloway's oh, ass spun off like a sucker shit. Get me to hell and so we have incision. So we improve. for thy heart and thou dost and I'll canvas thee between a pair of sheaves. The music has come, sir. Oh, let me play. Quicksilver. 
love him so then because their legs are both of a bigness and he plays it quite swell and eats conger and fennel and rides the wild mare with the boys and swears with a good grace and wears his boots very smooth and breeds no bait with telling of discreet stories and such other gamble faculties he hath, but show a weak mind and an able body. For the which the prince admits him. For the prince himself is such another. Would not this knave have his ears cut off? Let's beat him before his all. stuff will have a gown off. <laughs> I shall see money on Thursday. We'll have a cap tomorrow. A merry song come. Grows late. I'll 
forget me when I'm gone. By my troth, they'll set me a-weeping and they'll say so. <sighs> Prove that ever I dress myself handsome to thy return. Well, hearken at the end. Bastard son of the kings! And art thou poise his brother? Why, thou globe of sinful continents, what a life dost thou lead? Oh, the Lord preserve thy good grace! Upon my troth, welcome to London! Now, the Lord bless that sweet face of thine! Ah, oh, what's the man compound of majesty by this light flesh and corrupt blood thou'rt welcome? Oh, you fat fool, I scorn you! My lord, he will drive you out of your revenge and turn all to merriment unless you take not the heat. You horse and candle, my new. How vilely did you speak of me even now, before this honest, virtuous, civil gentlewoman? God's blessing of your good heart, and so she is, by my troth. Confess the willful abuse, and then I know how to handle you. No abuse, Hal. I might not have no abuse. No? Not to dispraise me, and call me pantler, and bread chipper, and then I not what? No abuse, Hal. No abuse? No abuse, Ned, in the world, honest Ned. None. I dispraised him before the wicked, that the wicked might not fall in love with him. In which doing I've done the part of a careful friend and a true subject, and thy father is to give me thanks for it. No abuse. How? None, Ned, none. No. Faith, boys, none. Peter, how now? What news? The king, your father, is at Westminster, and there are twenty weak and wearied posts come from the north. And as I came along, I met and overtook a dozen captains, bareheaded, sweating, knocking at the taverns, asking for Sir John Falstaff. By heaven, points, I feel me much to blame. So idly to profane the precious time when tempest of commotion like the south, born with black vapour, doth begin to melt and drop upon our bare unarmed heads. Falstaff? Huh? Good night. Sirrah, 
ghost is. Fellow doll. Now you see, my good wenches, how men of merit are sought after. Farewell, good wenches. If I be not sent away post, I'll see you again, Aranga. I cannot speak. If my heart not be ready to burst, well, sweet Jack, have a care of thyself. These 29 years come peace, come time. But an honester and truer hearted man. Well, fare thee well. Mrs. Tessie! What's the matter? Oh, Mrs. Tessie! Come to my master! Oh, run, off, run, run, good doll. She comes blubbered. Yeah, you don't will you come. Many good morrows to your majesty. One o'clock and past. Ah, well then. Good morrow to you all, my lords. You have read all the letters that I sent you? We have, my liege. Then you perceive the body of our kingdom, how foul it is, with what rank diseases grown. And with what danger near the heart of it? It is but as a body yet distempered, which to his former strength may be restored with good advice and little medicine. My Lord Northumberland will soon be called. Ah. Oh, God. That one might read the Book of Fate And see the revolution of the times make mountains level and the continent weary of solid firmness melt itself into the sea. Our chances mocks and changes fill the cup of alteration with divers liquors. <laughs> oh. If this were sea. The happiest youth, viewing his progress through what perils pass, what crosses to ensue, would shut the book and sit him down and die. It is not ten years gone since Richard and Northumberland, great friends, did feast together. 
which reviews by you, Cousin Warwickus. I may remember when Richard, with his eye brimful of tears, did speak these words, thou proved a prophecy. Northumberland, thou ladder by the witch, my cousin Bolingbroke ascends my throne. Till then, God knows I had no such intent. The time shall come. <laughs> Thus did he follow it. The time will come that foul sin gathering head shall break into corruption. So went on foretelling this same time's condition and the division of our amities. Such things become the hatch and brood of time. And by the necessary form of this, King Richard might create a perfect guess that great Northumberland, then false to him, would of that sea grow to a greater falseness, which should not find a ground to root upon unless on you. And that same word, even now, cries out on us. They say the Bishop of Northumberland are 50,000 strong. It cannot be, my lord. Rumoured a double like the voice and echo the numbers of the feared. Please it, your grace, to go to bed. Upon my soul, my lord, the powers that you already have sent forth shall bring this prize in very easily. Your majesty has been this fortnight ill. I take your counsel. Oh! by the road, and how doth my good cousin Silence? Good morrow, good cousin Shallow. And how doth my cousin your bedfellow, and my goddaughter Ellen? I dare say my cousin William is become a good scholar. He is at Oxford still, is he not? Indeed, sir, to my cost. I must enter the Inns of Court shortly. I was once at Clemens Inn, where I think. They will talk of mad shallow yet. You were called lusty shallow then, cousin. The mass, I was called anything, and I would have done anything indeed, too. We knew where the bone of Obus was. <laughs> then was Jack Hostaff, now Sir John, the boy. This Sir John that comes hither and on about the soldiers. The same Sir John, the very same. Jeez, you, jeez, you. The mad days that I had. Spent and to see how many of my old acquaintance are dead. We shall all follow, cousin. Certain, to certain, very sure, very sure. Death, as the psalmist saith, is certain to all. All shall die. Death is certain. And is old double of your town living yet? Dead, sir. Cheese you, cheese you, dead. I drew a good bow and dead. I shot a fine shoot. John of God. Loved him well. And betted much money on his head. Dead. And is old double dead? 
Here come two of Sir John Falstaff's men, as I think. Good morrow, honest gentlemen. I beseech you, which is Justice Shallow? I am Robert Shallow, sir, the poor esquire of this county, one of the King's Justices of the Peace. What is your good pleasure with me? My captain, sir, commends him to you. My captain, Sir John Falstaff, a most gallant leader. He greets me well, sir. I knew him a good backsword man. How doth the good knight? And how, may I ask, how my lady his wife doth? I said, pardon. A soldier is better accommodated than with a wife. Better accommodated? It is good, yea, indeed, is it accommodated? It comes from a commodore. Very good. A good phrase. Look, here comes good Sir John. Give me your hand. Give me your worship's good hand. Welcome, good Sir John. That's you well, good Master Robert Shallow. I'm Master Shaw Card, as I think. Oh, no, Sir John, it is my cousin Silence in commission with me. Uh, Good Master Silence, it well befits you should be of the peace. <laughs> Your good worship is welcome. Uh, it's hot weather, gentlemen. <laughs> have you provided me half a dozen sufficient men? Mary, have we, sir? Let's see them, I beseech you. So, yea, Mary, Ralph Moldy, let them appear as I call. Let them do so, let them do so. <laughs> Where's Moldy? Here. May it please you. What think you, Sir John? A good-limbed fellow, young, strong, and of good friends. Is the name Moldy? Yea. May it please you. It is the more time thou wert used. But most excellent, if faith, things that are mouldy lack use, very singular good. If faith, most excellent, very well said. Prick him. I was pricked well enough before, and you could have let me alone. My old dame will be undone now if I want to do her husbandry and her drudgery. Go to peace, mouldy, you shall go. Mouldy, this time you were spent. Spent? Peace, fellow, peace. Stand aside. Know you where you are. No, for the others to try to be seen. Simon Shadow. Yay, marry, let me have him to sit under. He's like to be a cold soldier. Where's Shadow? Here, sir. Shadow, whose son art thou? My mother's son, sir. My mother's son, like enough, and my father's shadow. You like him, Sir Chan? Shadow will serve for summer. Prick him, for we have a number of shadows to fill up the muster book. Ah. Uh, Thomas? What? Where's he? Here, sir. Oh. 
Is thy name Wart? <laughs> yes, sir. Not a very ragged Wart. Shall I prick him down, Sir John? It were superfluous, for his apparel is built upon his back and whole frame stands upon pins. Let's prick him no more. <laughs> you can do it, sir. You can do it, I commend you well. Francis Feeble. Yes, sir. What trade art thou, Feeble? Woman's tailor, sir. Shall I prick him, sir? You may, but if he was a man's tailor, he'd have pricked you. Wilt thou make as many holes in an enemy's battle as thou son in a woman's petticoat? I will do my good will, sir. You can have no more. Well said. Well said, courageous feeble. Prick the woman's tailor. I would wart might have gone, sir. I would thou wert a man's tailor that thou mightst mend him and make him fit to go. I'm bound to thee, Reverend Feeble. Who's next? Peter Bullcalf of the Green. Hey, now let's see Bullcalf. Hey, sir! Ooh, for God a likely fellow. Come prick me Bullcalf till he roar again. Oh, Lord, good my Lord Captain. What dost thou roar before thou art pricked? Oh, Lord, sir, I am a diseased man. What disease hast thou? A horse and cold, sir. A cough, sir, which I caught with ringing in the King's Affairs <laughs> upon his coronation day, sir. Well, come, thou shalt go to the wars in a gown. We would have away thy cold, and I will take such order that my friends shall ring for thee. Is it all? Here is more cold than your number. You must have but three here, sir, and so I pray you, go in with me to dinner. Come. Uh, I'll go drink with you, but... I cannot tarry dinner. I'm glad to see you by my truth, Master Shallow. Good Master Corporate Bardolph! Stand, stand, my friend, and here's four arry ten shillings for you. In very truth, sir, I'd at least as hang, sir, as go, sir. Go to stand aside. Good Master. Corporal Captain, for my old dame's sake, stand, my friend. You shall have forty, sir. I could go to stand aside. Troth, I care not. A man can die but once. We owe God a death. I'll ne'er bear a base mind. It be my destiny so. It be not so. The dies this year is quit for the next. Well said. What an honest fellow. since we lay all night in the windmill in St. George's Field. <laughs> no more of that, Master Shelley, no more of that. Huh? Twas a merry night. <laughs> and is Jane Nightwork alive? She lives, Master Shelley. She never could 
away with me. Never. Never. She always says she's good at abide, Master Shannon. By the mass, I could anger her to the heart. She was then her bona roba. Does she hold her own well? Old. Old, Martha Shelley. Nay, she must be old. She cannot choose but be old. Certain she's old and had Robin night work by old night work before I came to Clemens Inn. That's 55 years ago. Ah, cousin Silence. That thou had seen, that this night and I have seen. Ah, Sir John. Said I well? We have heard the chimes at midnight, Master Sutter. That we have. That we have. In faith, Sir John, we have. Our watchword was him. Boys. Jesus. The days that we have seen. My Lord of Westmoreland. Health and fair greeting from our general, the Prince, Lord John and Duke of Lancaster. What doth concern your coming? You, Lord Archbishop. Wherefore do you so ill-translate ourselves out of the speech of peace that bears such grace into the harsh and boisterous tongue of war? I have in equal balance justly weighed what wrongs our arms may do, what wrongs we suffer, and find our griefs outweigh our offences, which long ere this we offered to the king. When we are wronged and would unfold our griefs, we are denied access unto his person. Whenever yet were your appeals denied. My brother General of the Commonwealth, I make my quarrel in particular. There is no need of any such redress, or if there were, it not belongs to you. Why not to him in part, and to us all that feel the bruises of the days before? You speak, Lord Mowbray, now you know not what. Here come I from our princely general to say that his grace will give you audience, and wherein that your demands are just, you shall enjoy them. Hath the Prince John a full commission to hear and absolutely to determine of what conditions we shall stand upon? I muse you make so slight a question. There is a thing within my bosom tells me that no conditions of our peace can stand. The Prince is here at hand. Pleaseth your Lordship to meet his grace. God's name, then, set forward.
my Lord of York. It better showed with you when that your flock encircled you to hear your exposition on the holy text. Than now to see you here an iron man cheering a rout of rebels with your drum. I sent your grace the parcels and particulars of our griefs. The which hath been with scorn shoved from the court, whereon this Hydra son of war is born, whose dangerous eyes may well be charmed asleep with grant of our just and right desires. And true obedience of this madness cured, stoop tamely to the foot of majesty. If not, we ready are to try our fortunes to the last man. And though we here fall down, we have supplies to second our attempt. If they miscarry, there shall second them. You're too shallow, Hastings. Much too shallow to sound the bottom of the aftertimes. Please, Your Grace, to answer them directly how far forth you do like their articles. I like them all and do allow them well. And swear here by the honour of my blood, my father's purposes have been mistook. My lord, these griefs shall be with speed redressed. Upon my soul, they shall. If this may please you, discharge your powers unto their several counties, as we will ours. And here between the armies, let's drink together friendly and embrace. I take your princely word for these redresses. I give it to you and will maintain my word. And thereupon I drink unto your grace. Go, Colville, and deliver to the army this news of peace. Let them have pay in part. I know it will well please them. Hardy, Colville. To you, my noble lord of Westmoreland. I pledge your grace. And if you knew what pains I have bestowed to breed this present peace, you would drink freely. You wish me health in very happy season, for I'm on the sudden something ill. <laughs> the word of peace is rendered. Hark how they shout. <laughs> this had been cheerful after victory. A peace is of the nature of a conquest. For then both parties nobly are subdued, and neither party loses. Go, my lord, and let our army be discharged too. And good, my lord, so please you, let our trains march by us, that we may peruse the men we should have coped with all. <clears throat> Go, good lord Hastings, and ere they be dismissed, let them march by. Now, cousin, wherefore stands our army still? The leaders having charge from you to stand will not go off until they hear you speak. <laughs> they know their duties. My lord, our armies are dispersed already. Like youthful steers unyoked, they take their courses east, west, north, south. Like a school broke up, each hurries toward his home and sporting place. Good tidings, my lord of Hastings, for the which I do arrest the traitor of high treason. And you, Lord Archbishop, and you, Lord Mowbray, who counsel treason, I attach you both. Is this proceeding just and honourable? Is your assembly so? Would you thus break your faith? I pawned thee none. 
scenario in what place, I pray? I'm a knight, sir. Uh -huh. And my name is Coleville of the Dale. Well, Coleville is your name. A knight is your degree in your place, the Dale. Coleville shall be still your name. A traitor, your degree in the dungeon, your place. So shall you be still Coleville of the Dale. Are not you, Sir John Falstaff? And you yield, sir. I think you are, Sir John Falstaff. And in that thought, yield me. I have a whole school of tongues in this belly of mine, and not a tongue of them all speaks any other word but my name. Now, Falstaff, where have you been all this while? When everything is ended, then you come. I have speeded hither with the very extremest inch of possibility. And here, travel-tainted as I am, taken Sir John Colleville of the Dale, the most furious knight and valorous enemy. He saw me and yielded. That I may justly say, with a hook-nosed fellow of Rome, I came, saw, and overcame. It was more of his courtesy than your deserving. I beseech your grace, let it be booked with the rest of this day's deeds. Or by the Lord, I'll have it in a particular ballad else with my own picture on the top of it. Colleville kissing my foot. Is thy name Colleville? It is, my lord. A famous rebel art thou, Colleville. His name is true subject, took him. Have you left pursuit? Retreat is made. And execution stayed. Send Colleville with his confederates to York to present execution. And now dispatch we toward the court, my lord. Our news shall go before us to his majesty, which cousin you shall bear to comfort him. My lord, give me leave to go through Gloucestershire, and when you come to court, stand my good lord prayer and your good report. Fare you well, Falstaff. I and my condition shall better speak of you than you deserve. You have but the wit. Oh, Westmoreland. Prince John, your son, you will kiss your grace's hand. Mowbray, the Archbishop, Hastings and all are brought to the correction of your law. There is not now a rebel sword unsheathed. Oh, Westmoreland, thou art a summer bird which ever in the haunts of winter sings the lifting up of day. <laughs> <laughs> and wherefore does this good news make me sick? No. I should rejoice now in this happy news. And now my sight fails. My brain. Comfort, Your Majesty. 
Oh, my royal father. My sovereign lord, cheer up yourself. Look up. Be patient, princes. You do know these fits are with his highness very ordinary. Stand from him. Give him air. He'll straight be well. Uh, no, he cannot long hold out these pangs. This apoplexy will certainly be his end. Speak lower, princes. The king recovers. Pray thee to take me up. Bear me hence into some other chamber. Oh, it was so flippery. Changes much. Less noise. Less noise. Who saw the Duke of Clarence? I'm here, brother. Full of heaviness. Oh, no. Rain within doors and none abroad. How doth the king? Exceeding ill. Not so much noise, my lords. Sweet prince, speak low. The king, your father, is disposed to sleep. Will it please your grace to go along with us? No. I will sit and watch here by the king. Gates of breath there lies a downy feather which stirs not. 
This sleep is sound indeed. This is a sleep that from this golden wriggle hath divorced so many English kings. I do from me his tears and heavy sorrows of the blood, which nature, love, and filial tenderness shall, O oh dear father, pay thee plenteously. My dear from thee is this imperial crown. God shall guard and put the world's whole strength into one giant arm. It shall not force this lineal honor from me. Warwick, Gloucester, Clarence! Clarence! What would your majesty? Why did you leave me here alone? We left the prince, my brother, here, my liege. Prince of Wales, he's not here? He undertook to sit and watch by you. Where is the crown? Who took it from my pillow? I never thought to hear you speak again. By wish? was Father Harry to that thought. I stay too long by thee, I weary thee. What, dost thou so hunger for mine empty chair that thou wilt need invest thee with mine honours before thy hour be right? Oh, foolish youth, thou seek'st the honours that will o'erwhelm thee. Couldst thou not forbear me half an hour? Then get thee gone, dig my grave thyself. Bid the merry bells ring to thine ear that thou art crowned. Not that I am dead. 
track down my officers, break my decrees. For now the time is come to market form. Harry the Fifth is crowned. Up vanity, down royal state. All you sage counsellors, hence! And to the English court assemble now for every region apes of idleness. Now, neighbor confines, purge you of your scum. Have you a ruffian that would swear, drink, dance, revel the night, murder, and commit the oldest sins, the newest kinds of ways? Be happy. He will trouble you no more. England shall give him office, honor, might for the fifth Harry from curbed license. Pluck the muzzle of restraint, and the wild dog shall flesh his teeth on every innocent. Oh, my poor kingdom, sick with civil blows. When that my care could not withhold thy riots, what wilt thou do when riot is thy care? Oh, 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 oh. Thou wilt become a wilderness again. Peopled with wolves, thy old inhabitants. Oh, pardon me, my liege. But wherefore did you take away the crown? God witness with me. When I found no course of breath within your majesty, how cold it struck my heart. I spake unto this crown as having sense, and thus upbraided it. The care on thee depending hath fed upon the body of my father. Therefore, thou best of gold art worst of gold. Other, less fine in carrot, is more precious, but thou, most fine, most honored, most renowned, hast eat thy bearer up. Thus, my most royal liege, accusing it, I put it on my head to try with it, as with an enemy that had before my face murdered my father. God put it in thy mind to take it hence, that thou mightst win the more thy father's love, pleading so wisely <laughs> in excuse of it. Come hither, Harry, sit thou down by my side. And here, I think the very latest counsel the devil I shall breathe. God knows, my son, by what thy paths and indirect crooked ways I met this crown. For all my reign hath been but as a scene acting that argument. But now my death changes the mood. For what in me was purchased falls upon thee in a more fairer sort. Yet though thou standst more sure than I could do, thou art not firm enough, since griefs are green. And all my friends, which thou must make thy friends, have but their stings and teeth 
newly taken out by whose fell working I was first advanced, and by whose power I well might lodge a fear to be again displaced. Therefore, my Harry, be it thy course to busy giddy minds with foreign quarrels that actions hence borne out may waste the memory of the former times. Health. Peace and happiness to my royal father. Oh, thou bringst me happiness and peace, John. More would I. But my lungs are wasted so. Oh. Oh. The strength of speech is utterly denied me. How I came by this crown, oh God forgive and grant it may with thee in true peace live. Dominus quid quid pervisum auditum odoratum gustum et locutionem tactum crassum deliquisti. Amen. 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 Chief Justice, whither away? How doth the king? Exceeding well. His cares are now all ended. I hope not dead. He's walked the way of nature. To our purposes, he lives no more. I would his majesty had called me with him. The service that I truly did his life hath left me open to all injuries. Indeed. I think the young king loves you not. I know he does not and allow myself to welcome the condition of the time, which cannot look more hideously upon me than I have drawn it in my fantasy. Oh, God. I fear all will be overturned. Good morrow, Cousin Warwick. Good morrow. Good morrow, Cousin. meet like men that had forgot to speak. We do remember, but our argument is all too heavy to admit much talk. Well, peace be with him that hath made us heavy. Peace be with us, lest we be heavier. Oh, good my lord, you have lost a friend indeed. Though no man be assured what grace to find, you stand in coldest expectation. I am the sorrier. But to otherwise. Well, you must now speak, Sir John Falstaff, fair, which swims against your stream of quality. Sweet princess, what I did, I did in honour. 
led by the impartial conduct of my soul. Master Bardolf. I'm glad to see your worship. Oh, I thank thee with all my heart, kind Master Bardolf, and welcome, my tall fellow. Oh, come, Sir John. I'll follow you, good Master Robert Shallow. Bardolf looked to our horses. I have him already tempering between my finger and my thumb, and shortly will I seal with him. Sir John! I come. Master Shallow, I come. Sir, you shall not await tonight. Good. What, Davy? I say. Uh... You must excuse me, Master Robert Shallow. I will not excuse you. You shall not be excused. Excuses shall not be admitted. There is no excuse, sir. Well, you shall not be excused. Why, Davy? Yes, sir. Davey, 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 Davey. Let me see, Davey, let me see, Davey, let me see. William Cook, bid him come hither. Sir John, you shall not be excused. Yes, marry, sir, thus shall we sow thee headland with wheat. Well, with red wheat, Davey, but for William Cook, are there no young pigeons? Yes, sir. Now, here is the Smith's note for shoeing and plough iron. And let it be cast and paid. Sir John, you shall not be excused. Now, sir, a new link to the bucket needs to be added. Uh, some pigeons, Davy, a couple of short legged hens, a joint of mutton. Tell William Cook. And a thin man of war stay all night, sir. Okay, I will use him well. <laughs> you shall see my orchard. Where? In an arbor. We will eat a last year's pippin of my own graphing and so forth. And then to bed. Oh God, you have here a goodly dwelling and a rich. Baron, 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 beg us all, beg us all, Sir John. Uh, come, come, come. Oh, off with your boots. <laughs> About thy business, Davy. I beseech you, sir, to countenance William Visor of Wancott against Clement Parks of the Hill. There is many complaints, Davy, against that visor. <laughs> that visor is an errant knave to my knowledge. No, I grant you, worship, he is a knave, sir. Yet, uh, God forbid. I will devise matter enough out of this shallow to keep Prince Harry in continual laughter. Oh, you shall see him laugh. Till his face be like a wet cloak, ill laid up.
Goro. And God save your majesty. This new and gorgeous garment, majesty, sits not so easy on me as you think. Brothers, you mix your sadness with some fear. <laughs> this is the English, not the Turkish court. <laughs> Yet weep that Harry's dead, and so will I. But Harry lives, that shall convert those tears by number into hours of happiness. We hope no other from your majesty. You all look strangely on me. And you most. You are, I think, assured I love you not. I am assured if I be measured rightly, your majesty hath no just cause to hate me. No? How might a prince of my great hopes forget so great indignities you laid upon me? I then did use the person of your father. The image of his power lay then on me. Question your royal thoughts, make the case yours. Be now the father and propose a son. Hear your own dignity so much profaned. See your most dreadful laws so loosely slighted. Behold yourself so by a son disdained and then imagine me taking your part and in your power soft silencing your son. You're right, Justice. And you weigh this well. Therefore still bear the balance and the sword. Tide of blood in me hath proudly flowed in vanity till now. Now doth it turn and ebb back to the sea, where it shall mingle with the state of floods and flow henceforth in formal majesty. Now call we our High Court of Parliament. And welcome there is no time. Be merry, be merry. Well said, Master Cyrus. And we shall be merry. There's nothing, Master Silence, has been a man of this metal. I have been merry twice and once and now comes in the sweet of the night. Honour and long life to you, Master Silas. Fill the cup and let it come. I'll drink to Master Bardolph and to all the cavalieros about London. <laughs> I hope to see London once ere I die. 
And I might see you there, Davy. Hmm? <laughs> By the mass, you'll crack a quart together, will you not? Master Bardolfo, the knave will stick by thee, I can assure the other. I'll stick by him, Master Shallow. <laughs> Why? There spoke a king. See who's at door there. Oh, aye, now you've done me right. Well, oh, me night and up me night. Domingo is not right. Please, your worship, there's one uh, pistol at the court with news. Oh, court. Sweet night. Thou art now one of the greatest men in this realm, Sir John. I am thy pistol and thy friend, and held a skelter of I road to thee, and tidings do I bring, and lucky joys, and golden times, and happy news of price. I bet you how to live like a man of this world. Foops for the world, and worldlings base. I speak of Africa and golden joys. Give me pardon, sir, if, sir, you come with news from the court. I take it there's but two ways. It's either to matter them or to conceal them. I am, sir, under the, the king in sun. And the witch king, Bizonian, speak or die. And the king, Harry. Harry the fourth or fifth. Harry the fourth. Get a foot for thine office, Sir John. Thy tender lambkin. Now is king. Harry the fifth's the man. I speak the truth when pistol lies do this and think me like the bragging Spaniard. What is the old king dead? As nailing door. The things I speak are just. Away, Bardolph, saddle my horse. Master Wobbenshallow, choose what office thou wilt in the land. Design pistol, I will double charge thee with dignities. Carry Master Silence to bed. Master Shallow, my lord, shallow be what thou wilt. I am fortune's steward. My boots will ride all night. Come, pistol, utter more to me. With all, devise something to do thyself good. Boot, boot, Master Shadow. I know the young king is sick for me. Let us take any man's horses. The laws of England are at my commandment. Blessed are they that have been my friends. And woe to my Lord Chief Justice. Made new liveries, I only bestowed the thousand pound I had borrowed of you, but it's no matter. 
This poor show does better. This shows my, my earnestness of affection. Uh, it does so? My devotion, as it were, to ride day and night and not to deliberate, not to remember, not to have patience to shift me. It does, it does, it does. But to stand, stained with travel and sweating with desire to see him. They roared the sea and trumpet clangor sounds. <laughs> Save thy grace, King Hal, my royal Hal. The heavens be God and King most royal and provide. God save thee, my sweet boy. My Lord Chief Justice, speak to that vain man. And you, your wits, know you want his to speak. My King, my Jove, I speak to thee, my heart. I know thee not, old man. Fall to thy prayers. How ill white hairs become a fool and jester. I've long dreamed of such a kind of man. So surfeit swelled, so old and so profane. But being awaked, I do despise my dream. Make less thy body hence and more thy grace. Leave gormandizing. Know the grave doth gape for thee thrice wider than for other men. <laughs> Reply not to me with a full-born jest. Presume not that I am the thing I was. For God doth know, so shall the world perceive, that I have turned away my former self. So will I those that kept me company. When thou dost hear I am as I have been, Approach me, and thou shalt be as thou wast, the tutor and the feeder of my riots. Till then I banish thee, on pain of death, as I have done the rest of my misleaders, not to come near our person by ten mile. The competence of life I will allow you, but lack of means enforce you not to evil. And as we hear you do reform yourselves, we will, according to your strengths and qualities, give you advancement. Be it your charge, my lord, to see performed the tenor of our word. Set off! So shallow, I owe you a thousand pounds. Yea, marry Sir John, which I beseech you to let me have home with me. That could hardly be. Master Shallow, do not you grieve at this. I shall be sent for in private to him. Look you, he must seem thus to the world. Fear not your advancements. I will be the man yet that shall make you great. Oh, I cannot well conceive how, unless you should give me your doublet and... To stuff me out with straw, I beseech you, good Sir John. Let me have five hundred of my thousands. Sir, I will be as good as my word. 
is that you heard was but a colour. A colour that I fear you will die in, Sir John. Fear no colours. Go with me to dinner. Come. Let's have a pistol. Come. Barbos. Come, Peter. I shall be sent for soon at night. Go carry Sir John Falstaff to prison. Take all his company along with him. Die, dog! Die, dog! Shall we have incision? Huh? Oh, my lord! I cannot now speak. I will hear you soon. Take them away. Henry the Fourth Part One is still available to watch on the BBC iPlayer. From David Warner to Jude Law, David Tennant meets the other actors who've played Hamlet. More from our Shakespeare Uncovered season at 11.20, Tuesday night on BBC Two. Thank you for listening to this episode of All Things Plantagenet. Remember, we also have a website, www.allthingsplantagenet.com, where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the other episodes. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.